everyone. I'm just feeling how precious this moment is to see you all coming into the Zendo and uh, to know we have this, this time to practice together over the next hour. So let's, uh, let's make a start with um, sitting for 10 minutes, followed by the verse of the robe. Thank you very much.
So we'll now say the verse of the robe together. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. <clears throat> I'd like to um, explore with you today um, this experiment in, in vastness, which is online inquiry and it was prompted by the fact that um, I wanted to say good evening to you as I would if I was at nothing missing and then I became very aware that we are all in different places in time across the northern hemisphere and I thought of some of the uh, the people I know and uh, and love, and um, beside uh, Lake Geneva, where Sophie and Claudine are, it's 7.40 p.m., 14 degrees with sunny intervals. And here in Lancaster, it's 6.40 p.m., 9 degrees with rain and strong winds coming in. And then moving west across the Atlantic Ocean to where Chris is in Massachusetts, it's 1.40 p.m., 22 degrees and sunny. And flying across to the plains of the Midwest to Madison for Suzanne and Eileen, it's 12.40 p.m., 20 degrees with sunny intervals. And going north to British Columbia, for Donna, it's 10.40 a.m., 7 degrees, and light rain. And out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean, in Hawaii, for Erin and Ed, it's 7.40 a.m., 23 degrees, with light rain. And in feeling the presence of all of you, and in particular those people, I began to feel a texture for each of your precious um, lives and how I may never meet you in person but there's some knowing that goes on in this community by the fact that we meet each other and I allowed my imagination to think about um, what your life might be like right now, what you can hear from your room, what the view is out of each window, the particularity of each 
each existence. So there's breakfast in Hawaii, a morning snack on the coast of California, and lunch in Madison. And for us here in Europe, uh, we're, we're moving towards darkness, we're moving towards night. And I would guess that our body clocks are quite attuned to each other, although we're in different locations in Europe. But our body clocks are doing pretty much the same thing. And if you're in the Midwest, they're probably doing pretty much the, main, the same thing because it's around midday and it's that midday process. And if you're in Hawaii, there's a morning thing going on. There's a complete cycle of, of resonance with the people around us. Carolyn Atkinson, uh, a Dharma teacher uh, who lives in um, Santa Cruz, um, a few years ago, she went to the Capitola Book Cafe to listen to the writer Pico Ia. And she wrote something which really touched me afterwards about the event. And it can apply to an in-person or an online gathering. And she re reflects on the coming of the night, which for all of us will happen at some point in the next 12 hours, but in Europe it's close. And she says, it's really so poignant, all of us gathering here, being ourselves, wanting to feel connected, to be seen, to be recognized, to be understood. Then we turn and go into the darkness and this self that we have constellated, this self shimmers for a while and then gradually it melts down a bit. I would imagine it even melts down for Pico Ear. There he might think, that went well tonight. And then he feels the out-breath. Then there's the exhalation and the self stands still. And then the self drops down a bit. The self gradually dissolves again. The self we create over and over no matter who we are, the self shines for a time, and then, after the shimmering, there's this drifting down into silence. So Carolyn Atkinson says, then there's the exhalation, and the self stands still. Suzuki Roshi said, calmness of mind is beyond the end of your exhalation. Calmness of mind is beyond the, ex the end of your exhalation. Perhaps just for a few moments, if you just attend to your breath, we attend to our breath, and that exhalation and the possibility that calmness of mind is beyond the end of your exhalation. Suzuki Roshi says, so if you exhale smoothly, without trying to exhale, you're entering into the complete 
calmness of your mind. I was thinking about this and it occurred to me, maybe if you're in the morning, or right across the Pacific from here, maybe inhaling is more something that's present because you're taking in life, you're becoming something for the day, you're becoming the self for the day. And maybe if you get to midday, maybe there's a kind of balance between the two. And as you drift, and you come into land in the evening, maybe the exhalation is the one that uh, meets you. It's an idea. Vanessa Abel, who um, is the editor um, of The Dewdrop, <clears throat> recently interviewed Hosan Alan Sanoki, who's the abbot of Berkeley Zen Center, who's just written a book called Turning Words. And he described turning words <clears throat> are words that turn you towards awakening, that change your direction or they're just something somebody said. A turning word for one person, for another is just something somebody said. And they can be heard in a Zen context, but they're available anywhere, from a passerby in the street, a loved one, a meow from a cat. They're always there to find you. And during inquiry, what we find very often is people finding a turning word that turns them towards awakening, changes their direction. And um, a few weeks ago, Catherine uh, came forward for inquiry with Flint and he'd quoted um, a poem called Cedary Fragrance by Jane Hirschfield. And the last line was to practice choosing to make the unwanted wanted. To practice choosing to make the unwanted wanted. And for Catherine, that became and has become a turning word. Sometimes in our lives, we don't know whether we've offered somebody. Uh, a turning word. If we're teachers or parents or whatever, sometimes we don't know what our impact is. But I want to um, thank somebody this evening who's here for a turning word that completely changed my life. And um, many years ago I was um, doing the Hakomi course and uh, Donna Martin, uh, who's here tonight, was the teacher. And um, we were asked to go into groups and to kind of explore something and then um, get back to her <clears throat> with our thoughts about it and our feelings. And um, I remember being in this group and I, I didn't know what I felt about it. 
and I realized that quite often I didn't know what I feel about things. So we got back into the large group, about 30 people, and people started feeding back. And I said into the big group, you know, the problem for me is quite often I don't know what I feel about things. And there was a silence. Donna looked at me and she said, would you be interested in hearing something? So we paused and I let her know when I was ready to hear it. And she said, it's okay for you to know exactly what you feel. It's okay for you to know exactly what you feel. And that turning word was completely life-changing and brought life to me. And um, I want to thank you tonight, Donna, for those, that enormous skill and compassion that you showed to, to say that. Um, and sometimes when I still don't know what I feel about things, I remember Donna saying it, and I say to myself, it's okay for me to know exactly what I feel about this. It's always with me. So in this interview with Hosan uh, Alan Sanoki, Vanessa Abel said, um, can you tell me about some turning words for you? And uh, Alan Sanoki said, well, Laurie, my wife asked a question for all of us. What is and this was um, to Sheng, Master Sheng Yen, who visited Barclay Zen Center thirty years ago. And the question is, what is the most important thing for a lay Zen student to practice? And I just clarify, not a lazy Zen student, a lay Zen student to practice. And Sheng Yen's response was, regulate your life. Regulate your life. So as you hear those words, where do they land? Do they land in your body? Do they land in your intellect? Do you get busy thinking, how can I regulate my life differently? Or is there a kind of wide, expansive feeling of possibilities, but you're not quite sure what they are? For me, this is this is too is a turning word, and it was for Alan Sanoki. It stayed with him for thirty for these thirty years. And my take on it is there's two ways of thinking about it. There's active, an active response, and a receptive response. And an active response might actually be to think about how you could regulate your day your week, your life, in a kind of practical way. And the receptive way seems to me to, to actually look at the much bigger picture. And I've been thinking about how everything is regulating all the time. The 
description I've had of of um, of this kind of flow across the northern hemisphere, and I imagine the the different dynamic activities that happen in the sky and the stars and the moon and the sun. Everything is is regulating all the time. So I wonder if it's more to come into accord with actually what is, with the truth, which is about the, the total regulation, everything is going on. Flint, our teacher is currently flying from um, uh, from Austin to to Madison. He's in the air now, and um, as well as us being on the ground here, he's he's up in the air, and I um, it called to mind something that Suzuki wrote. Suzuki Roshi wrote about about flying and about connection and about regulation and how it reminded me how in some ways this whole inquiry is to self-regulate us, to limbically regulate us. If we're actually in a retreat together, we walk together, we eat together, we say verses together, we sleep close together. But here we have this opportunity in this unique community to regulate each other in different time zones. Suzuki Roshi says, when I was flying back from the East Coast the other day, I saw a beautiful sunset, perhaps Flint seeing one now. People on the ground think it is dark and there is no more sun. If you're flying high up in the sky, you still have the sunset and you can see beautiful clouds. It is wonderful to see, but at the same time, someone may feel very lonely. Yet wherever you are, you are one with the clouds and one with the sun and the stars that you see. You are still one with everything. That is more true than I can say, and more true than you can hear. That is more true than I can say, and more true than you can hear. So I want to thank you for being those shimmering beings on the screen this evening, those shimmering selves that move through time, and for your beautiful companionship. And if any of aspects of my talk have prompted you to come and meet, please, please do. Thank you very much. We have Bridget. 
Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Bridget. I'm very grateful for your presence and the offering you made of taking us across the Northern Hemisphere together. Um, during the last 30 days of my late husband's life, he he asked to be taken to the a window um, at his daughter's home so that he could see the sunset each evening. Mm -hmm. And he died in May. So he was uh, on the East Coast at that time. We, he wanted to spend his last weeks um, in a place that he really loved and had started going to as a five-year-old little boy. Mm -hmm. And so we made that possible. And um, it was quite remarkable because he had asked me the first time I visited there before we were married, I, um, we had visited his daughter at that house. And he said, now, have you ever seen the, the green flash? And I didn't know about the green flash. And um, we didn't look for it. We all just sat together um, and watched the sun slowly go below them, this Nantucket sound. But it's so important for us to, I think, celebrate those moments of the end of the day and the beginning of the day. And I'm just grateful that you reminded me of that. Thank you. I love your um, description because my mind is doing, it's creating the window that mm -hmm. your husband looked through and um, what, what it might look like from there. And, right. And the feeling in your heart for, for it. It's, yes. It, it's well, there's, there's just nothing as vast as the ocean and whether you're in Hawaii or on the West Coast or perhaps when you look across a body of water, in fact, there's some saying where people talk about when someone leaves, um, when you're memorializing or celebrating their life, that they're really over, they're just beyond the horizon. So you can't see them, but they're still there. And that seems especially true of people who live close to the water and perhaps have done some boating or sailing is that it's nice to imagine your loved one uh, just out of sight beyond that horizon. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. And we have Claudine next. Yeah. Hello, Claudine. Hello, everybody. Today, we, at the end of Zazen, we had a... a somebody proposed to make a check-in and i remember saying well i feel like a peaceful boat entering a harbor from time to time and the next minute i feel the same like being the same boat in the middle of the sea in storm mm. and your voice and the words you you used I feel now that I am on the boat in storm, but with a peaceful heart. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And I love that, that image, you know, of the sea and, you know, the possibility of, of being steady, you know, during a storm and having some, you know, to, to, to roll with the waves. And, um, it, it's, um, it's a precious thing that you're describing. And it's a precious gift. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Cassie is next. Hi, Cassie. Hello, Josh. It's wonderful to see you. Good to see you. Um, I wanted to echo Bridget's statement about how connected I felt by your naming the location and our people and the temperature. It was just really, really wonderful that uh, our Zoomdo is so broad. Um, so my question is also kind of pro also prompted by uh, what you spoke of, of uh, not knowing how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I am noticing that um, trying to figure out like with some discernment of when to offer and when to receive. Hmm. And I notice that I tend to block the receiving part hmm. and that I'll like, I, that I'll feel some nervousness and I, then I'll kind of just fill that space up. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm at that kind of initial stage of just sort of noticing this now. Hmm. Hmm. And um, I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, be kind to myself during the process of not trying to fill the space, not trying to block what what uh, what might be uh, coming forward. Or um, it was a, like a specific incident at the um, end of a one day meditation retreat and a person came up to me and I could tell that she had been moved by the process of the events of the day. And uh, I'm having some, I'm, I'm doing some self-judging that, you know, when she came up to make an offering to me, that I assumed that it was something about me, not something about like the process or not about wanting to give me something. So uh, I guess I'm sort of confessing that and looking for got some great some great questions in there and 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 what I'm enjoying is the richness of those questions you know they're, they're full of potency um, and you know one of the one of the things that come up for me is around um, you know being kind to ourselves because each each interaction is unique and we sometimes we don't know how it's going to go you know it'll go how it goes and um, uh, there's no there's no right answer um, but but to so firstly you know to have some kindness it's like oh it went like that um, yeah and um, the other the other kind of thing which um, I was aware of is is we can sometimes think things through and it's helpful and I, I do that um, but the um, the thing I was curious about for me in my, in my talk was about the breathing um, you know how much are we present to to our bodies when we're meeting ourselves and other people and you know that's something that that is 
is um, you know has has such companionship for us if we can do that um, because it keeps us it keeps us in touch with ourselves and 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 other people and and regulates us I think we can get very stuck with an idea of how to behave does that make any sense it does yeah. it does and in um my you know my first response to hearing that was that it gave a direction for the nervousness yeah and so instead of the nervousness trying to fill the space it gave a direction to 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 ground it and be present to what what was happening mm, yeah instead of trying to alter what was happening yeah yeah it, it'll go how it goes there's, yeah. things, there's things we can do to support ourselves mentally but um sometimes it doesn't go well <laughs> it just doesn't go well <laughs> and you know sometimes it, it does um and that you know there's something about you know in some ways there's some kindness there and there's some humor you know yeah. we do our best um and we keep trying and and um well, where are the other allies you know um yeah to um to kind of to navigate it with some tenderness and some care and and i can really i can see your intention you know Flint talks about, um, you know, let's check our intentions. I, I really feel your beautiful intentions. And <laughs> let's have some beautiful intentions to take care of ourselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sheila. Well, Sheila, I've lost you. I think maybe you lowered your hand or I lowered it. Could you raise it? Hi, Sheila. Hi, good to see you. Good to mm. see you too. I don't think I've ever met with you um, in inquiry. So, but I'm always very um, grateful and and really moved by um, not only the content of what you say, but how how you say it. You have the most soothing uh, voice. <laughs> that, and it really, like Claudine said, I think, even when there's, um, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of being tossed in the storm. Mm -hmm. um, it calms my heart. And um, I was in a tornado this week, literally in a tornado a week ago. Um, I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas, mm -hmm. and we had an EF3 tornado. <laughs> and um, I was at home and it came right over my apartment building. And uh, I was, for the first time ever, crouched in the bathtub on my second floor apartment. Um, but amazingly calm about it. <laughs> and and um, it has been, 
when you talked about the view from the window, um, everything around me has changed suddenly as oh. far as just the visual. There were, I, I, we were very, very lucky in, in, in my building. Uh, there are many homes uh, around me that have just simply blown away and um, neighbors and um, we've been displaced uh, from our building just for about a week. Um, mm -hmm. But we, again, we were so fortunate because we had a place to go um, uh, that I happened to be house sitting for a friend and who's home was not affected. But anyway, it, it's just good to be back with this community. I, I, I feel it, it has taken me a while to know how my feelings were affected mm -hmm. by the displacement, not, not so much by the storm itself, mm -hmm. but by the situation of, um, just seeing the impermanence of, of all things <laughs> in a real way that I don't think I've ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just so wonderful to have this community to feel like I felt held, even though I haven't been able to see everybody. Um, you know, I didn't have power and that sort of thing. So but but yes, I, I feel very held in in love and goodwill um, by this community, and it will take a while, I think, to find that regulation. <laughs> My um, and the uh, but the awareness um, this week while I've been going through this has just been. Mm. Um, wonderful to experience in yeah. a way I think because of this practice um I've never had that before in such a traumatic time and it's really really been a benefit to me and, and everything that I hear and and learn from the people in this group um it, it's just thank you all so much <laughs> i'm very grateful what i'm loving in, in meeting you is um I don't, I don't know how i would be in a tornado you know i and um so first of all you know you you, you talked about the talk that i gave but you know there's something in your own in your presence which um, gives me um which inspires me yeah and, uh, the energy in your voice and the the um, the openness you have about this, you know what's happened, and and that's you know that's where you kind of meet something really difficult and you you do your best, and, and I love you know how you describe the you know the process and and the support, you know it comes around you know we get support from each other, so I, I will remember this from from this inquiry of meeting you and like wow. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you and now we have darcy
Hi there, Josh. Good to see you again. It, it's really uh, great to see you. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's always good hearing what you have to say. So I think what prompted me to raise my hand is that strangely, I, um, what was a turning word for you landed differently in me. And I'm curious about how it was a turning word for you. You, you did such a wonderful job of telling the story of uh, Donna Martin, you know, uh, your experience with her, the task, and feeling like you, um, you didn't know how you felt about whatever that mm. prompt was. Mm -hmm. And going back, and I was just like flowing along with you, like the turning word was about to come. And, you know, and then she offered it. And, and for me, I thought I was imagining myself not knowing because there's a lot of not knowing how I felt too. But I thought it was going to be not knowing is most intimate. Okay. Because that's been a real turning word for me. And probably being so in my experience, that kept me from really understanding what yours was. And I want to know so that's how great, that was a turning word for you. Okay, so that's a great question. So as this provisional self, this Josh, um, the Flint one said, you know, you have to have a sense of self before you can start to loosen your sense of attachment to it. So from okay. the sense of joshiness, it's really important to know what I feel about things. It's, it's a good mm. because it, it makes me truthful to myself and to other people. Okay. Still, and, and there's a whole background, childhood background there that um, is, is um, part of that. Mm -hmm. Not knowing most intimate is where we cross into, I would say, Zen practice, where there's, it, we, we go into, it's really hard to describe. It's different. It's a different orientation around yeah. around this vast this vastness. Yeah. yeah. But from this yeah. self, this shimmering self that thinks it's someone, it's really helpful to know what you feel about things. Oh, that is really helpful. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, quite lovely. Yeah, and it's a relief. That, that you that that helped you own that you know yeah, yeah it's a relief it's, okay. a, it's, like yeah. a it's okay for you to do it's like really okay yeah not knowing is most intimate is a whole other area of connected practice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's and i think for me it's been an allowing myself 
to just not know, not have to always try to figure things out. Um, but that um, allowing a, a self or selfhood is also, um, it feels spacious, it feels loving, it feels quite nice. Thank you for sharing it and explaining it to me. And I think I think you really touch on a really subtle point of practice um, there, which um, yeah, thank, I thank you for that. It's a really important kind of um, little area of something really profound. Not not yeah, knowing is but... not knowing is most intimate. As an individual self, it's probably a pretty good idea to know something about what you feel. And, yeah. then, let, and, then, and then maybe let it go. <laughs> what did you say? And maybe when? And then maybe work towards letting it go. Yes, yes. Oh. And being able to hold both is, is yeah. wonderful. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good to see you. Rosemary. <clears throat> Hi, Rosemary. Hi, Josh. Good to see you and thank you. Um, so I was going to come forward with something else and then I realized when the same um, area that, that Darcy talked about with um, your coming forward with I'm not sure what I feel and, and what Donna said to you. And I got very emotional when you talked about that. Just really. So, yeah, it really did. Yeah. And I thought, well, for me, I come forward with the opposite. Like, I feel, you know, this, and I think I know I feel that. And I think her um, intervention, um, like imagining, identifying with you as if it was me, was like, um, she's saying the same thing to me but um, maybe getting to something that's more exactly what I feel than what I think I'm, what I always come forward with. And a little bit like what Cassie was saying is to to have something, to have something to say, to have something that's um, to offer when maybe I'm not really checking in in the way that, that Donna's um, statement to you um, was really like, like almost like she could see or certainly feel that yeah you you really do know and a little bit maybe of a sensor that is you know in the way of being aware of what that is and for you it's i don't know and for me it's oh i know i don't know if this is okay so so you're what you're saying is you've you you've heard what what donna said to me and it's resonated with you in some way but the process is you're kind of making it your own now for your own well that's i i guess i was just trying to think of why i got so emotional hmm. and it was i just feel like oh i was found out or something you know oh. because you know like she's saying to you um 
it's okay to know exactly how you feel. And if she were saying that to me, um, yeah, it would be something that maybe I didn't want to know about that I felt. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I always come across, not always, but often with, oh, I, I, I feel this and I feel that. Mm-hmm. I, is this making any sense? It's now making a lot of sense. Um, so it's like the flip side of your, yeah. yeah. So, so that would be something else that would be helpful and appropriate for you to hear kind of related to, related to that, but because you're Rosemary and you're not me, (laughs) (laughs) it has to be titrated for, for Rosemary. Yes. Yeah. So do you know know what that would be? What 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 would you? Oh gosh. Um, In this moment, um, what would you want to hear right now? I guess. A lot of closeness with with you and with the folks here. I can see like six people up there. I see Cassie, I see Darcy, Sheila, Jill. I don't know you too well, but I've seen you many times. Uh, Claudine, of course. Okay, so Daddy. Just pause for a moment. And, and so I'm going to say something to you. So Can you wait till I get a tissue? Sure. Get a tissue. Okay. Take a little more time, maybe. It's no hurry. Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah. I see you, Rosemary. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I see you too. Thank you. You could take that, take that away for this week. I see you. Absolutely. I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Be a lightning round with Jill. Hi, Jill. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Um, I think I was also very impacted by your turning a word 
Um, and I think for me, the statement that came was it's, it's okay for me to trust how I feel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's some some little shift there from the one that that I received. Like, oh, it's okay for you to trust. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I'm feeling a lot of fear at the moment in my mm. transitions. So, mm. just something of you and your presence and being here. Mm. It's just lovely. Well, you know, we, I was talking about <clears throat> how we regulate each other and it can take us home. Well, I feel that. Yeah. Was, yeah, I feel you've helped me regulate tonight. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, all of you. Yeah. Thank you. So I think there's just one, one more person. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. I'm so glad to hear your presentation, your way of looking at life and yourself and others and the environment and all of that. Anyway, it's beautiful. I enjoyed it very much. And it reminds me of the, one of the psychotherapy approaches and, you know, researches, and maybe I can mention a few names. Diana Fosha is one of the famous, you know, short-term therapies. And she gives the priority to the feelings, basically, hmm. rather than the thinking, the feelings hmm. over the thinking. And and in other works, as far as mindfulness, again, um, maybe the most recent ones, uh, the uh, Amishi Jaha, his book in the work and research that uh, emphasizes the being actually rather than thinking again and uh, the mood, the mode of. Anyway, it was very. Uh, comforting that to hear that from. Uh, someone with experience <laughs> oh. you know i mean it just uh, yeah. makes it makes make make me more confident of the uh, priorities that we need to know or have and, and some of the, yeah that's that's basically i'm i'm summarizing it that's yeah. so lovely to hear that um ad and and um I know we've not got much time, but it's actually lovely to to meet you and to hear what's happened and to see the um, you know the smile on your face from that. So, oh, okay. Well, it's thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Good to meet you. It was very helpful. Thank you. So let's move to um, <clears throat> our four practice principles now, please. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. 
each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centred dream, only suffering, holding to self-centred thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centred dream, only suffering, holding to self-centred thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you very much, everyone. I will see you next week, and Flint will return on the 25th of April. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Josh, and thank you everyone for being here. Upamada's programs and the Just This Sangha in the UK's programs and facilities are supported through your generosity and your support makes a huge difference. Um, I'm placing a link in the chat if you'd like to make a contribution a monetary one via the websites to uh, put both of them there and uh, you can follow those links um, and now if you are available please stay to have some nice informal chatting on the porch with Maria <laughs>